of amazing stories. And the purpose of this podcast is to collect those stories from the people that lived them. Where We Landed is a podcast that recognizes our whole history told by the individuals that live and love this small Indiana county. Hello and welcome back to Where We Landed. We're excited to have you guys with us today. We've got an awesome crew. I am here with Scott Miller. Hello, hello. And Iris Brunner. Hey, yo. I thought you were going to do it. Kylie. (laughs) (laughs) Kylie is running the board for us today. And we've got an amazing guest for you. So I'm going to shoot it over to Iris. Well, we're going to do some questions, do a little trivia. Um, Our guest is going to participate. And I'm going to ask the questions this time because I'm just going to give Scott a chance. Awesome. Well, thank you. (laughs) I appreciate that. Okay. First question. Wiki, as in Wikipedia, means fast in what language? Austrian. I have no idea. <laughs> nope. Finnish. Nope. Swedish. Nope. German. How many guesses do you guys get? I don't know. You're okay. the leader. <laughs> oh, Kylie, you got an answer? I know you're, I know you're not on mic, but nope. Mm-mm. The answer is Hawaiian. Oh, ah. I I that. How about that? Okay, let's do one more. The art of knotting string or cord in patterns to make decorative articles is known as what? Knitting, crocheting. Nope. Nope. Needlepoint. Nope. Kylie knows it. She's 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 got it. Can you steal my mic for a minute? Macrame. Macrame. Oh man, look at you. Off off the air. Okay. It's Kylie's game. It's not fair. (laughs) Cheater. Okay, one more. One more. Okay, I'm I'm in which Olympic sport are competitors forbidden to have a beard? Forbidden to have a beard? Mm-hmm. Forbidden. It's forbidden. In an Olympic sport? Mm-hmm. I know. Like, I'm going to giggle. I'm going to giggle and say swimming because I know that the swimmers all nope. shave. <laughs> it's not swimming. Luge. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, uh. Oh, that's it's it would be summer Olympics. Oh, well, that changes everything. I got nothing. All right. Running. Skeet shooting. <laughs> boxing. Boxing. boxing? Yeah. It says boxing. That makes <laughs> sense. Forbidden from having a beard. Yeah. All right. Yeah. All right. So today I've got one of my favorite people. Um Jonathan Perez, <laughs> as he today. looks behind him, <laughs> and so I have a few things here that I wanted to uh, to share about Jonathan um, as we introduce him, and then I'm going to let him tell his story about uh, coming to uh, to Grant County. But a few things that people may not know about Jonathan: first of all, he was just selected in the month of October to the initial class of five people that were selected throughout the state. Uh, called Elevated Under 40 to the Indiana Latino Institute. Um, (laughs) (laughs) What happens when Kylie leaves me in charge of the board? So a few other things I just uh, heard this morning. He loves Christmas and they have 11 Christmas trees in their home. And much of the magic is Jonathan's doing, I think, as part of that. Um, He restores vintage cast iron as a hobby. Enjoys gardening, being outdoors. Recently finished a permaculture certificate from Oregon State for implementing permaculture practices in public spaces. I don't know how you find the time to do this stuff. He's also worked on 174 political campaigns um, and uh, been behind the scenes on many of those. He's been a former Harley Davidson owner and within the last five years has learned to water ski spends most of his summer months pulling the kids behind the boat on skis. So Jonathan, welcome to the uh, the podcast and share with us about how you got to Grant County. <clears throat> well, thank you for having me. Clear where you got all that info from. I'm, I'm going to do a quick timeout. Of the campaigns that you've been on, how many were successful? I have chaired one race that two now that uh, were unsuccessful. So 172 out of the 174. And only two were unsuccessful. It's yeah. just as a heads up. He knows That's how to really pick them well record. in advance. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> well, not too well, because one of those two was my own. So. <laughs> <laughs> I'll put that out there. <laughs> okay, now you can go back. Okay. All right. How did you land here? Uh, landed here. Um, 
by General Motors is the simple answer. Um, my father and my grandfather and his and my grandmother um, were political refugees from Cuba, 1962. Um, Castro was in power, but not to the degree that he would soon become. So they were still able to get out. Um, getting out then essentially mended, uh, ended, men, meant um, assessing the value of everything you owned, and essentially that's what they charged you to leave. Um, so as cliche as it is to say they came with nothing but the clothes on their backs, they came with nothing but the clothes mm-hmm. on their backs. Um, Marion initially was home, um, honestly, because of it's no longer there, but the First Presbyterian Church right here where the CVS is downtown, um, where that church was. Um, they were sponsored by that church. Huh. Interesting, uh, yeah. Then um, work was where they went. Um, they ended up in Florida twice, Chicago once, um, New York and Boston before coming back to Marion because of GM. How old were your, your grandparents when they, they came? Grandpa was born in 32, so he was 30 when he came. And your dad was already born at that time. Yes. So he was. My dad and my uncle were um, born in, in Cuba. Cuba. And then my two uncles and my aunt were born in the States. So you're a first generation. I am first born. generation oldest of my generation to be born in the States. Okay. Yeah. So that you got to understand the Hispanic patriarch <laughs> that is the makeup That's of the a thing. Hispanic family. So there, there comes a lot of responsibility with being that oldest. So yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. So they came in what year? 62 or beginning of 63. Okay. They started, obviously started the process in 62, but it was by the time they got here, it was, I'm probably gonna get smacked by my grandma because I'm probably going to miss it by a month or two, but it was July uh, or August, maybe June of 63 by the time they made it. Yeah. So what, what's been your experience as first generation born in the U S born in Marion? Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and so what would you say your experience has been um, as a member of a family that basically refugees from Cuba came over? How has your experience in the in Marion been or in Grant County been and what's kept you here? Well, keeping me here is home, but home to me is family. So that's where we're at. So that's why we're here. Um, All of us are within there. Some of us um, have moved within a 30 or 40 minute drive, but for this central part, um, grandpa has passed, but grandma, our matriarch is still alive and she's still here. So we're still here. Yeah. So she's got to be. She was born in 36. So she's. Okay, so she's late 80s. Late 80s, yeah. Yeah. She's 84. Awesome. Well, Grandma, if you're listening to this, thank you for bringing the family here. I'm sure she will listen at some point. <laughs> <laughs> You'll have to play it for her, though? It won't be me. I'm, <laughs> it'll be those around me. We're, 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 we're all our own. We're each other's biggest champions, but we're all our least favorite subjects to talk about. So, yeah. <laughs> so something I have heard, and this is a little bit about your heritage, um, my understanding is you're a really good cook and that you might cook or maybe not might, but have the best Cuban pork in East central Indiana. <laughs> As he shakes his head and rolls yeah. his eyes. Well, Prove it. <laughs> That's what I said. My grandpa's no longer alive, so he would be the judge. Okay. But um, I will quantify by saying that my cooking is good in the areas of more the proteins and the meats because stereotypically and traditionally that was the man's job on the outdoor fire cooking side of cooking. So usually my, the quintessential things that I cook that people really like the most are the stuff that get cooked outside over fires or open flame cooking of some kind. Huh. So that set you up nicely, didn't it? Yeah. That set you up nicely for 1812 and your pork chop cooking. Yeah. For about, 3,000 pork chops plus <laughs> right? a year. Well, and it also kind of helps explains the cast iron, right? Because that's stereotypically mm-hmm. the pots that you would use with an open flame environment. What, what year did you get involved in 1812? That was one of my first 
Jonathan Perez experiences was watching you over the open flame there. What, what year did you start getting involved? You'd have to ask Alicia what year she shamed me into joining. Uh, <laughs> I didn't shame you into joining. Let's see. I was, I can't remember the year I was president. Oh, so I don't know. I have no idea. A couple of years ago. Well, it was oh, it's been, it would have been before been, she was but president. It was, bef- it was, well, yeah. When did you join? When did uh, Iris join? Um, I joined <laughs> a very long time ago. I know, because Iris, like, was, she won't do, I mean, we can uh, put her on the spot even uh, her own, on my own right, podcast. Yeah. But Iris was kind of the breaker of the mold for the next generation, yeah. mm-hmm. starting getting involved with Rotary. So mm. um, yeah, she joined and then the rest of this generation kind of followed on that <laughs> yeah. one. So. Iris yeah, broke the ceiling. I would say, I, w- I think it was like 2006. Seven. So fifteen yeah. years ago. So yeah. So, so I've been, I've been a member for a minute, and I was the only female for a while too. By the way, yeah. but we used to only have like eight people show up. Yeah. So so look at where we are now. Okay, this is not about me. Yeah, JP. So Lisa was a few years <laughs> after that. I was a few years yeah. after that. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. Very good. Yeah. It's but, it's a fun event. And I just wanted the pork chop recipe. Let me be fully transparent. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I just want the spice recipe. And <laughs> only only to learn that it just doesn't work the same at it home. It doesn't. <laughs> Not. <laughs> so Scott met you for the first time at eighteen twelve. Iris, when did you meet Jonathan for the first time? Um, I think we both were serving on the Boys and Girls Club board. Yeah, okay. that would be that would be the first time we worked together. So, and then Jonathan and I have a very unique first time meeting each other story. Are we telling that story? Yeah, Why let's not? hear it. Are we <laughs> telling that story? <laughs> we got to record it for all all history. Uh, yeah, it'll right? be recorded for time now. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I need to take a picture of him yeah. right now. It's, it's a story. So uh, I came, I'm in fairness, politics is where we met in general. So I, at the time, was working for Congressman Dan Burton. Yep. I ended up working for Congressman Burton too, but prior to that, um, and fast forwarding just to give a little bit, uh, I was that <laughs> quintessential kid in college who didn't know what I wanted to do, changed yep. majors five times, um, honestly switched to poli sci at the very end because at that point I was ready to be done. It was the smallest major on campus. And I said, sure. Where'd you go to school at? Ball State. <laughs> okay. Sure. So um, switched to poli sci that summer, got an internship with the, with the Grant County Commissioners. Um, right in the middle of starting for election season. So I obviously started, that was my starting to volunteer for campaigns and getting involved. Didn't know anyone. Go to my first ever uh, parade walk for candidates in Upland. Um, <laughs> ironically, which is where ironically, I work now. Yeah. Right. And um, that's a good parade too. Yeah. That's a good long so, parade. Um, that parade Essentially, it always started over by the elementary school, walks you through downtown, finishes over on the other side of town by the Lions Club. Um, everybody that knows everybody, when you get done, they always walk back or coordinate rides, everything. I didn't know anyone, so I'm just walking. <laughs> I'm just walking back. Um, Teresa Baker, who was our other co-worker, uh, but Grant County Republican everything, former Indiana state Republican woman chairman. She's done everything. Um, taught me most of what I know in campaigns and politics. Um, she was driving um, convertible um, for our state rep at the time, Tim Harris, who did the, you know, yep. way from the car kind of thing. Um, so she was driving him back. He was still sitting on the top of the, of the back of the hood. And then Alicia and, Diane. His wife, Diane, were sitting in the back seat. They see somebody who they didn't know, but wearing a Republican T-shirt, because I just walked for uh, Commissioner Diller at the time, and offered me a ride. So, sure. Can't, Teresa's is driving. Candy's all in the front seat. Candy's everywhere. They don't wear it for me to sit, but up on the back with Tim, uh, where Alicia was sitting on, in front of Alicia in the back seat. So, if you're familiar with Upland, you when you first get into Upland, you're you come in on that big curve. Well, right on that big curve on the outside of the curve is a small county road that turns onto that curve, which is the back way from the Lions Club where we all just were. So she pulls out 
or Teresa gets up to that stop sign and starts to pull out on that curve. And as we pull out in a stick shift Mustang in a stick shift Mustang, as we pull out <laughs> Tim Harris, our state rep, uh, starts saying, uh, truck, 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 as the semi is barreling oh, yeah. down on us. Cause Teresa pulled out, Teresa, you'd have to know her, um, looked in the rear mirror, sees the truck barreling down on us and goes, Oh hell. And just drops this, drops it down into gear, punches it. <laughs> <laughs> Did you guys go rolling off? Tim and Harris and I yes. both are sitting on the back, but our feet are, are, are planted on the back seats, and we both fall backwards. Um, I'm I end up looking at the semi upside down. Yeah, truck, so truck, does truck. so oh does gosh. so does Tim Harris. Um, Diane grabbed Tim. Alicia, I grabbed Jonathan. <laughs> Alicia instinctively grabbed my legs and hold on. Barrel hugged my. Legs and to keep you from falling off to the keep back. Keep you from falling off the back. And <laughs> at this point, we've been in the car all 15 seconds. Because <laughs> we just said, hey, hop in, yeah. right? So, you know, she just grabbed my legs, held me upside down. And I, at that point, you know, it was rude not to introduce myself. So basically, yeah. hey, I'm Jonathan. So. so at the end, he was like, hey, I'm Jonathan. I was like, hey, nice to meet you, Alicia. <laughs> you and, just saved my life. Yeah. And then, like, less than two years later, they were like, this is your new staff member he's going to be out of the marion office doing the mobile office i'm like hey i know you <laughs> and Teresa's yep. like hey i almost killed you yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> now, i know you've gotten uh your start in politics one of the things that i think <clears throat> might be fairly interesting is i believe that you've also worked on more uh, women's campaigns than probably anybody in Grant County as it relates to getting women elected uh, to to either state office, local office, etc. Is that true? And and is there any reason from your perspective that you took that leap to to do that? I would tell you that I. It's not that I've intentionally taken that, and it's not that I've as many campaigns as I've worked on. Um, a lot of those are the volunteers. Um, the, the number is so high because for the better part of a decade because of people like Teresa Baker and the kind of passing of the torch, I ended up being everybody's sign guy for a really long time. Um, but as far as the races that I've chaired and ran or been campaign manager of, I've never done a race that, um, well, the point of pride for me is I've never taken, I've never done it for money. I've never taken, I, that's not the reason I support a candidate. If I support a candidate, it's something that I believe in. I can't do my job if I don't believe in it. Yeah. Um, so, I would tell you that that reason alone is the reason that, you know, that it's happened, that it's happened. There's been lots of, we're blessed in the community to have a lot of strong female candidates across the board for everything and, and lots of positions as well as, as minority candidates. So I've been told that a lot as far as, you know, you've probably done more female minority campaigns than anybody, but it's because it's, the right person for the job. Where We Landed is sponsored today by KB Computers, located in the Boston Hill Center in Marion. When you find yourself in need of a computer repair, web services, or business IT, KB Computers is able to help. You will work directly with the local team that can meet your needs with amazing customer service. Open Monday through Thursday, 9 to 5.30, and Fridays, 9 to 5. The KB Computer team is ready to help. Just give them a call at 765-668-7700 or reach out to them via Facebook at facebook.com slash KB Computers, Inc. Thank you to KB Computers for sponsoring today's podcast. Um, I'm going to ask you a question. I'm going to try to do it in a way that keeps you from uh, getting in any trouble in the town of Upland since you're a town manager there. So if you, if you were to look at the state of Indiana and look at local development, what do you think are the areas that throughout the state have done really well with local development and what are the areas that might what are the things that keeps local development from happening in a good way across the state not necessarily in your home in the town that you're working in well there's no way to, i mean that, that's a good way to ask that scott but I mean, <laughs> <laughs> that'll still get him in trouble <laughs> yeah, the, the, the answer is is that you know obviously grant county and some of the communities within that are obviously those communities in Indiana that we're talking about. Um, we're our own biggest enemies because we just can't get out of our own way sometimes. Yeah. Um, and I mean, it's, that's the, 
dynamic of, you know, what people say about the American form of government that is the worst form of government except for all the others. Right. Because that's essentially what it is. I mean, we're, we're in a position where, you know, as leaders, when it's, your job is to be known, to be recognized, to do things. And the unfortunate part about that is, is that in itself makes hard, makes it hard to get things done. Yeah. Um, the best way to get things done is not worry about who's getting the credit or how, how things are getting done. And um, we get in our own ways a lot. So if you were king for a day, what would you do? as it relates to local development. Typical Scott question say, right there. That, that's not his form of government. <laughs> <laughs> what part of elections did you not yeah. pick up on? We need to bring back schoolhouse rocks for Scott. <laughs> I mean, I, I struggle with that in, in and of myself because the things that made me a Republican back then are not the Republican platform things today. But the thing that still keeps me a Republican is the belief that the fundamental principle of small town and small government. That, yeah. Because God forbid the, the 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 needs of Marion be different than somewhere else, which they always are. So I'd like to see that small government be more powerful is the wrong word, but they they have yeah they they have their finger on the pulse better than. Yeah. The federal government does. So right. you like to see that trickle down effect. So that's what I. Well, and the parties don't really, I mean, it doesn't really, when you look at local government, like it doesn't, I mean, I have such a tough time as soon as like someone gets a letter behind their name because it, it just doesn't affect us the same as it does on, yeah. on a, you know, national level yeah the states and national level so well and i think one of the things that i've shared with jonathan before is that for me i like to have all of the letters around the table i don't care what kind of letter it is but i want all of the letters around the table because if we're all saying this is a community problem that we all believe needs solved all of those different perspectives if we're able to have a closed transparent, tough conversation in that room, what comes out of that room then is something of quality that we can all work on and move forward on. And so I struggle most recently with our political system around the divisiveness and the, you know, the hard lines that you're either this mm -hmm. or that and that you can't sit in a room together. Well, I'll, here's where I, maybe start getting myself in trouble, but <laughs> all those campaigns that we've already mentioned, not all of them are Republican. I'll, right. I'll say that um, mm -hmm. because no side, no, no one has a mortal lock on what's right. right. So not everyone's right a hundred percent of the time and not everybody. I mean, there's, there's hypocrisies even within each party's respective platforms that don't coincide depending on the issue that don't match the other issue. Um, but we're their whole the crux of their existence now is based on justifying their existence. So it's not red. Hmm. It's not about red or blue. It's about green because it's yeah. about what keeps them in power. What what keeps them motivated? And you have your quintessential issues that are the talking points for each side and those are the what those are what you always hear about those are what get driven home because their fundraising is contingent upon that yeah so that's what you see unfortunately so let's go back to the community development stuff in grant county what are what are the things that that you would have high on your priority list you'd say and these are some things that could really continue to help move us in the right direction if we were doing these things well, it's actually kind of fun. I mean, like funding aside, what would be those things? Like if it could just happen, happen, you would grow your own. I mean, it, the, Scott, you've done development. We've all been involved in some degree. The big sexy stories that make national press or the headlines or the talking points that get people elected are always, you know, huge jobs, huge wins, huge, whatever. Yeah. Those are great. But 
80% of our country's workforce is employed by small business. Yet I'd rather have 500 people working for 10 companies than 500 people working for one company. Mm -hmm. Um, So you see, you see that. So you want to grow your own. If you look at the downtowns and the communities that are getting things done in Muncie or Kokomo, Kokomo's downtown was way worse than ours a decade ago. They grew their own. They got out of their own way. They realized, identified what they needed and they worked towards it. Um, So you would, which is actually kind of ironic, which there's a lot of the, uh, and obviously because it's fresh in my mind, there's a lot of the principles in permaculture about growing your own, about doing that holistic approach to identifying what you need and doing that because no one's going to do it for you, Yeah, which is So talk a little bit about what permaculture is. I know um, Scott brought that up earlier, but I'm super curious. Okay. So um, basically in a nutshell, it's the holistic approach of providing everything an ecosystem needs. Um, the biggest, well, actually an example, and I'll, I'll get some of the details wrong recently. Um, there's a national park in California recently that the, it was dying, but the deer population was exploding. Um, so they introduced, so because of that, it was, the grass was down, The which when the grass goes down, everything else was going down. Um, the wildlife was going down because everything else couldn't flourish. So they reintroduced a wolf population to provide the whole, the whole of the, because that's what was missing from the ecosystem. The circle right. of life. Yeah. So, so yeah. once you put that in, the deer population went down. So the grass came back. Well, when the grass came back, the seeds and the microbiology of the earth came back. And when that came back, you started seeing birds coming back. And when the birds came back, they started dropping seeds and things started growing again. And then all of a sudden everything else started to flourish. So it's just finding those missing pieces of what we need and growing your own. Yeah. Oh, I'm curious. So, I think I've shared with people that I grew up in a town almost like identical to Marion. And my dad worked for a company called Microswitch, which was ultimately bought by Honeywell Corporation. So I was asking my dad, hey, what would you do if you could like, change it? Uh, our town has struggled too um, with loss of manufacturing. And I said, how did Microswitch get started? And sure enough, there was a guy like in the 1930s that invented the Microswitch um, which went in, you know, thermostats and, and in cars and different things. And he started, you know, he invented it in Freeport and then grew that to thousands of employees. Um, and so I, I think you're exactly right. Like, how do you get businesses started here? So during your time here, it's the last 40 years, are there any business examples that you can think of that you'd say, hey, here's an example of a Grant County business that was started or founded here? whether it's still here or not, but at least it started or was founded here. Earthwise Plastics, yeah. big one. Um, yeah. Identified a need, grew it, developed what they needed through the workforce, through materials, mm-hmm. through all of it. And local owner, local business guy, Yeah, they've just grown from there. I mean, there's any number of, regardless of industry, the, the successful ones have been those ones that identified a need and we grew our own. Yeah. Um, we're able to get out of each other's way on that one and, and come together and uh, work with that. I mean, they've been in Marion, they've been in gas city. So we've worked with the communities have come together on that. Yeah. Well, and maybe a point to add to that too, is they don't necessarily need us to sustain their business either. Yeah, exactly. Like we're not necessarily their target audience to mm-hmm. purchase their, their things either. So I was going to say, you asked that question. I instantly start running through my head. Atlas Foundry, Barr Brothers, Hartson yeah. and Kennedy, um, Moorhead Communication, which became TCC. Like all of those companies started here, many still here, um, that then is came near, out of a garage. Is Near Space Launch a local startup mm-hmm. as well mm-hmm. over at yep. Upland? Yep. yep, they're growing too. Um, they, for the same, honestly, they were um, Taylor professors in the engineering department. Uh, Identify Need initially started as kind of a grant and small arm subsidiary of, of stuff going on at Taylor. Uh, grew to working out of garages, kind of independent of Taylor. Um, 
working out of multiple garages and then working out of a rehab rehabilitated building in downtown Upland. Um, So downtown Upland now has 14 mechanical and different forms of engineers all working out of Hmm. downtown Upland because we saw a need and grew our own. Yeah. And they're pouring back into the student body in Mm -hmm. the community as well. Right. Yes. I mean, and, and, essentially as an investment in themselves because that those students will be the next decade's workforce. Yeah. Jonathan is town manager in Upland. What are the things that this community being the Grant County community or this region could be doing to help somebody like you in your role? What are the things that you're like, man, this would be really helpful if the community would do this um, in order to be able to help you be successful in your role? I would just say get involved. Um, all of us know each other, but all of us know each other because we're on the arguably and whether it's a good thing or bad thing, because we're on the same list of names that are just on cycle and on repeat on every single board. Mm-hmm. Um, I only know this because it was put together for my bio, but because um, someone else did the math, but um, in 15 years of doing this now I have a tenure of almost 70 years on boards yeah. because it's just the same, you know, and, and a lot of that is too, because at this point in my career, I still haven't learned how to say the word no. Well, in government specifically, your job, despite the, what appears to be the narcissistic tendencies of both national parties now of, of being known and seen and always taking credit. Your job is actually to not be seen. Yeah. Your job is just to provide the service. So in, in government, usually you only hear from people if something's wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, so you, you got to take that in perspective too. When you do this as long as, cause if you take it all personally, you'll, you'll never survive. Um, but you know, in, in Upland, just as an example, but just for the numbers, because I know those off the top of my head, if you're in a community of 3,700 people and you only have a handful of people that are upset about something, because in government, you only, only time you really, most of the time when you hear from people, it's because they're upset about something. Yeah. If you only have the same handful of people that you are hearing from, that means you're, you look at it from both sides and your approval rating is probably in the high nineties. Yeah. Um, because you're, if people are upset, you'd be hearing from them. Right. And, that goes for, that's just an example, but that's the, that works and applies, that theory applies to any government, any municipality. So, so what, what are the things that you would recommend? Cause some people may not know how to get started in volunteering or, or, or ways to do that. So whether it's in Upland or again, somewhere else in Grant County, what are some things that you'd say, hey, here's some areas to get involved in if people are looking to volunteer? I, in the sense of growing their own, I f- first want them to be involved in something they're passionate about. Yeah. yeah. Otherwise, their heart's not in it. If their heart's not in it, then, then we're just spinning our up, wheels. Yeah. They're not going to show up. Yeah. They're they're not going to doing it. So, Grant County is blessed, and most communities are, but we're we're blessed having the full spectrum of you know all walks of life of every kind of industry of of whatever whatever what what have you and so find what you're passionate about and there's absolutely somewhere you can be plugged in at and and find yourself being having ways to contribute and i always say it too like just ask like that's the biggest thing like if you don't know where to plug in call city hall and say hey i want to volunteer and i'm passionate about this where should i call or what do you think or you know reach out to you know, if you go to a local church, ask someone at your local church, this is what I'm passionate about. How do I get plugged in? We're such a small community that someone knows somewhere that you can plug in. Um, and I think about all of the work that you do, Jonathan, and how involved and engaged and stuff like that you are. And I always try shift in a lot of these podcasts around self-care, pouring back into yourself. How do you recharge what does that look like for you what does what do you do for yourself that gives you the energy to be able to pour so much back into the community i mean that's easy that's just 
the wife and the kids and everything family. Um, yeah. Family's everything, especially with the way that I was raised, you know, that there's no way for it to not sound arrogant, but representing and being the first generation and being the oldest of that generation that comes with a lot of responsibility to carry, to represent that. Well, it's, you know, my grandparents were successful in Cuba. They were my, my, um, grandmother was, you know, um, part of a Spanish officer's family, high ranking. Um, and my grandfather was very involved business owner. Um, so they sacrificed everything at the idea of their next generations being able to flourish. Yeah. Um, so, cause essentially they didn't cause they started over. Um, and they were, you know, middle, you know, grew to a middle-class family, but they started completely over. And those, yeah. that first decade, that first 15 years, it was not pretty. There was a lot of struggle there. So to represent, that um, comes with a lot. So family's everything. So my kids and my wife are everything to me. Yeah. Well, and I think that's been a common theme too. Um, I mean, we've been doing this for over a year now. And a lot of the stories that we've been collecting is really does come down to this really is a good place to raise a family, right? Um, you want to talk about the things that your kids are involved in. And, you know, obviously. The list would be shorter if we talked about the things they're not involved in. <laughs> I was going to say, share but, your, share your yeah. family dynamic yes. okay. so that that yes. makes more sense to people. And, and also, you know, please make sure, I mean, this, like we said, we like to say this is forever. So, you know, um, it's a good opportunity to also give the shout out to each of those. Yeah. <laughs> well, I have a blended family of six kids yes. um, who have do and do do everything. And I want them to do that. I want them to have those opportunities that my family sacrificed so the next generations could have, um, you know, so knowledge isn't free. You have to pay attention. So to give them that and to give them all those opportunities. So yeah, I do have, um, I have four stepchildren, Tyler, Trevor, Lizzie and Laney, and two of my own Ellie and Lincoln, um, and, uh, our, her youngest, my wife, uh, Katie and my oldest are two weeks to the day apart. So there are step twins yeah. um, and they act <laughs> like it for sure. So they're, I love that. They're all, they're great. I mean, basketball, soccer, swimming, um, CSA, anything and everything you can imagine those opportunities that we want them to have. So by recharging with my family, that means running probably harder than I do at work, running them to all those things. But that's what gives me joy and recharging by watching them do those things. Yeah. A lot of people know your, your dad in the community and your parents. Tell me the influence they had on you and the things that they have taught you and that you're carrying on. Well, the even with whatever we just talked about with my involvement, the joke is, is still that my dad's probably still the one person that's been on more boards and everything than I have. Uh -huh. um, just because that's where that comes from. Um, you, and the, that all circles back to honoring that sacrifice and paying it forward. Yeah. Um, you know, so this country, this community gave everything to our family. So as cliche as that sounds, we're doing everything we can to give it back. Yeah. Cause that's what was instilled in us. What, what did your dad do for a living? Was he at, at GM as well? Or what did he do? Nope. Um, he was in, um, Indiana health centers, the old Cedars building on Nebraska. Yep. They had, I think they're down now, but they had 13 offices across the state. Um, initially he started with department of education with DOE as a, as a, as a, just a workforce development officer, low level starting out his career. Um, and then started off as a bilingual seasonal translator for Indiana Health Centers and uh, grew that into a career ending in uh, the number two position as chief operating officer. So, again, just hard work and sacrifice. Yeah. So I think you're 
probably late 30s if i'm guessing correctly late 30s and so (laughs) what, what what would you say is the difference in the decade of the 30s versus how you spent your 20s what what what, what's uh, (laughs) that's not a fair question (laughs) (laughs) do you want us to (laughs) that's the picture you need of his face right now (laughs) (laughs) i'm more involved now because i still haven't learned how to say no but i'm enjoying it more now because i feel like i have the experience and more to contribute yeah. Um, and I have the ability to rejuvenate and have passion that I didn't. I didn't in in my twenties. I didn't have kids. Yeah. So everything that I'm doing now has that much more passion about it because it's not for me. Nothing that I do is for me. Everything I do is for the next generations because that's mm-hmm. what we're supposed to do. Right. I mean. That's the promise, right? Yeah, I mean, our our lives in the grand scheme of things are barely a blink. So, you know, we, we do our best to pass it forward. Yeah. So I'm going to ask a question. My husband comes from a Hispanic family. Grandmother speaks fluent Spanish. Did that bilingualness, does that, did that translate down to you, down to the following generations, or was there a loss of that? Because the only time you hear grandma in our family speak Spanish is when she's yelling at her children. Ours too. <laughs> um, so the so younger generation doesn't know. Putting family conversations on the table and, and, and um, I'm the of that first generation, I'm the first generation that Spanish is not my first language. Um, I know what's being said. I can carry on a conversation, but it's not my first language. Um, much to the frustration of my grandmother with not at me, but with my father. Um, (laughs) and here there's a lot to it. Um, the Hispanic population of Cuba, that if most people don't know is not the stereotypical Hispanic populations that you think about when you think about the other Hispanic cultures, Cubans, because of honestly slavery, um, is, is an Island made up of all cultures. Um, the, the joke is and the politically incorrect, incorrect way to describe it is, is that Cubans come in all colors of the rainbow. Um, being a first generation minority that my father was, whether he's actually ever told me or not, because he hasn't, this is best guesses. Um, Cause there's still things in that Hispanic family. You know, there's, we're not a very open bunch. There's not a lot of feelings on the table. Yeah, right. For those who know me, they know that about <laughs> me too. There's, you know, it is what it is. This is the most sharing in the but, 20 years yeah. I've known Jonathan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but because of more of the Spanish descent rather than the native side, because my grandfather was native, but physically I take after more of the Spanish side. Um, I'm able to assimilate Mm -hmm. in a ways that other minorities are not. Um, So whether he's ever told me or not, I think it was a conscious decision um, by my parents because he didn't want that for his children, for the things that he had to go through by being the kid that, had the thick accent and had to do that. So uh, part of me wishes that I did. So that way I would have that experience and be able to, because, you know, we've, we've come a long way now, you know, it's not, that isn't as much as a, despite what we like to portray, that isn't as much as a stigma as it was then. Mm -hmm. So especially growing up in large metropolitan areas in the sixties and seventies and knowing what that was like. So I think that's probably where that comes from. Yeah. Yeah. Jonathan, I'm going to wrap our time up today. And first of all, thank you for being willing to come on here. Cause I, I know that you're not somebody who likes to open yeah. up a whole lot. This so. is the most I've heard you talk. I'm my least favorite subject. <laughs> <laughs> and, and if you notice on the, on the trivia game, uh, the, my personality type 
I don't like talking unless I'm right. So the fact that I didn't answer any of them because I wasn't just going to guess. Right. I don't do that. No guess. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not. There are those who. You know, I get <laughs> like Alicia, who just throws like, out answer, every answer. answer, answer. I, answer. Yeah. I, I just get, want to know the answer. Yeah. So. She's like, get, I'm going to get it. I get included and um, kind of labeled with the stigma of those who, those other people who have feelings that have a drive for knowledge and everything. And for me, it's not that. For me, it's I hate not knowing. Yeah. Okay. So that's what drives that. So I don't ever stop reading i don't ever stop knowing if we stop trying to grow then we're handicapping ourselves yeah so i appreciate all perspectives kind of like alicia was saying earlier so you just stoked our question that we always ask every time and we almost forgot because time has just flown by what are you reading what are you watching what are you listening <sighs> to right now okay so <laughs> and do you have more than one book started at a time always <laughs> yeah. when you're I don't go to sleep until I've mentally exhausted my brain to fall asleep. It does. It, I don't know how to shut it off. Um, and depending on what I'm working on or where, what I've read recently to drives what that next thing is, because I will literally read anything. Um, but um, so right now I am reading, there's two books on my nightstand that I'm working on physical books. Um, one is actually the, it's called the Cloudbuster nine. Um, which is by Anne Green, um, I believe. Keen. Keen. Um, she is the daughter of the Bat Boy for the World War II Army team that involved Ted Williams, um, who she recently uncovered his story from a trunk right before or right after he passed. So it was a whole unique perspective and found new photos and everything. And I'm a huge Red Sox fan. Um, so that was that story. Um, you know, the, the movie. Was the team named the Cloudbusters? Mm -hmm. The team name was the Cloudbusters. So huh. um, I'm going to have to pick that one up. Yeah, it's really good. <laughs> um, well, it's really good so far. Um, but you know, the movie, The League of Their Own, that, yeah. that whole era, that's what that's written about when you know, the men went to war. Oh, sure, and, yep. So they formed teams within the military. Yeah and putting on exhibition games. So that's what that's about. Um, and then I'm also reading um, a, it's called a conservationist manifesto. Um, as an IU professor, I can't remember, is uh, Scott Russell Sanders. Um, but it, it ties into the kind of what we were talking about earlier, the holistic approach and um, that. And then, while I'm driving, when I'm not on the phone, I'm always listening to a book. Um, and the current book that I'm listening to is, for the government dorks out there, is, <laughs> is uh, Race in the U.S. and U.S. Politics and Government um, Post-1968 by uh, Candace Smith, who's a doctor of political science and lectures all over the country and, and is adjunct at multiple universities. And then anything you're watching? Well, this time of year, it's the only thing that we're watching is Christmas movies. <laughs> Do you have a favorite? <laughs> um, there's lots of favorites, but um, I mean, there's the favorites with the kids and then there's the you know, white Christmas is usually white Christmas is what we watch when we're wrapping the kids presents. Um, and then um, there's all of them. All of them. All so of I'm, I'm going to ask with six kids. And we know how expensive everything is around Christmas time. Do you have like a go-to present type thing or are you a family of few presents and more experiences? Experiences for mm -hmm. sure. Um, but we're blessed for the, that the reason for that isn't for the, unfortunate for the reasons that you would think that, you know, for the financial reasons, we're blessed to be able to provide that, but that's just who, um, who we are and on the result of who we're raising, whether good, bad, or indifferent. Um, we actually just had all the kids take the love language test <laughs> as, as children <laughs> and, and gifts was last on all five, mm. or, all five of the, of the five children that are still in the house. Gifts was last on all of them and quality time mm. and, and was number one. 
Yeah. So, um, but with all that said, uh, we try to follow the four, we, we have a four gift rule. Um, something you want, something you need, something to read and something to wear. So we try to keep it within. <laughs> That's awesome. I've never yep. heard yeah. of that yep. before. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Huh. yeah. So Quinn we, was real thrilled with me one year when we did that and her something <laughs> she needed was hangers. So she got hangers for Christmas. So <laughs> she needed it. <laughs> need, want, read, wear. wear. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And huh. I like that, Jonathan. We give them, we, we both have a book reading problem. Not that it's a problem, but we can't, we don't, we're constant readers and we are constant buyers of books. Right. Yeah. So we also gift lots of books. Yeah. So as you should, as you yeah. said, love it. Hey, thank you so much for being a part of things today. And, um, if, if there are people out there that want to get involved, um, look up Jonathan, uh, because he would be a great provider of information for you as to, as to ways to get involved in our community. And thanks for what you're doing over in Upland. Um, that community continues to do really good things and, and, uh, your leadership is impacting that as well as all of Grant County. So thanks for being on the show. Um, for those who are active listeners, uh, continue to tell your friends about where we landed. Look forward to seeing you next week. Thanks. See ya. Thank you. Today's podcast was engineered by Kyra Montero of Frequency Canvas.